Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. No one at the end of their life would say, I should have spent more time at the office. And yet many of us live with the tyranny of measuring up that keeps us weighed down. Lightening the load of expectations and shoulds is one way to lighten up as well as to literally lighten the clutter that crowds out our serenity. How do we create space to flourish in the ways God intends? In this week's message of the week, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from Luke 12 a message about removing the junk in our lives, the extra, the clutter. Pastor Jen challenges us to live a little bit lighter. Here is the First Church message of the week. Why don't you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we ask that as we listen for your word in this time, you would open our ears anew, that we might hear your voice clearly in our midst. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply. As you rid us from any and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So I learned this week that on average, as a society, Americans are now living in three times more physical space in our homes than we were in the 1950s. And no matter how much space we live in, we tend to fill it up. Have you noticed that? I remember moving into my first parsonage as a pastor. I moved from in my U-Haul truck with what I thought was a lot of stuff, all the way from Washington, D.C., where I'd been doing an internship, to the large metropolis of Clark, South Dakota. And I had this giant parsonage. I went from having a roommate in this two-bedroom apartment to the whole house to myself, And while I thought I had plenty to fill this home, I realized I had enough in my bedroom. I had plenty of all the things I needed for my kitchen, even if they didn't all match. And I had a dining room table. And then in my living room, I had everything I needed, one chair. So I realized once I got everything in and set up that while I had enough, this space felt so empty or vast and not very homey. And so I did what I think anyone would do in the months and the years to come. I filled it up. I went out of my way to look at places for things like some secondhand furniture that I could fill my living room up uh, within my budget so that, you know, I had plenty of seating for all the guests that I rarely had. I bought a big new TV at the Black Friday sale that first uh, fall. I even got a new bed for the first time in probably 20 years, and then I put the old one in a guest room. Clearly, as I filled up this space and thought about this shift for me, I realized that I am a part of this statistic, and I imagine that some of you are too, even if we live into it a little differently. Besides the literal clutter that we tend to accumulate, it seems like our lives are also weighed down with other stuff too, aren't they? Our lives are weighed down with some of these shoulds or expectations, and they hold us captive to this frantic pace that we live at. And for far too many of us, 
that can be associated too with some of the things like debts that we accumulate or other tangible things that become burdens in our lives. And yet I believe that we are called to something more or less, depending on how you look at it. We are called to something different than this crowded way of living and being. And instead, I think Jesus wants us to slow down, to take a deep breath, literally take a deep breath with me. Feels good, doesn't it? To just let it out, to lighten our loads, physical, mental, emotional. I can't help but to wonder as I contemplate this invitation that Jesus gives us to lighten our lives, to slow down and to be less busy, I wonder what it is that you need to let go of. What would lighten your load? What would make your life or your relationships or your work or your balance or your busyness a little bit lighter and a lot more manageable? For some of us, I know that there might be this emotional need to connect in maybe deeper, more meaningful ways, maybe with the community that you have, and maybe with a community that you're longing for. Maybe you can do that in ways like finding a small group to join, or finally saying yes to meeting that friend for coffee that you haven't been able to make time for. Maybe there's something deeper. Maybe you have been wondering about if it is time to invest in a counselor for you or someone you love and care for. If you have been waiting, by the way, for that kind of nudge to take that kind of leap, even though it feels like you're already spread thin and and stretched out too much over your time and your space and your budget, let me offer this to you. The best time to take care of you or to those entrusted to your care, is right now. So take that step. You will be glad that you did. Now, I know that there are some among us maybe who don't relate to that, who maybe have burdens in other ways. Here's the thing. When we talk about taking care of ourselves, We need to do this in holistic ways. If we want to be busy and lighten the loads of our lives, we can't do this in just one aspect of our life and expect things to be better. Our physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are intimately connected and cannot be taken apart. And so maybe your burdens or things that you need to care for are not emotional. Maybe it's a physical kind of burden. Maybe you need to take steps to care for yourself physically by making that doctor's appointment that you've been putting off. Or maybe if you're like some of our children, it's a dentist appointment. Maybe you need to be more intentional about what we're putting in our bodies or what kind of movement or exercise we get. Whatever it is that you need, your time can be now too. It doesn't have to be all at once. And I know, by the way, that this isn't easy. Uh, I say this not in a, oh, you should do all these things that are miraculously easy. If it were easy to care for ourselves or to make that appointment or ask for the referral, I would have had surgery a couple of years ago. But here we are, right? With me prepping, as Pastor Bryce said, to have surgery finally on my shoulder after struggling for a couple of years this week. It's hard sometimes to take care of ourselves in ways that we need to, especially if you're so busy caring for others that you think it's not that important. 
But those small steps that we can take one small thing at a time, they add up over time. And it's important that you take care of you because you are the only you that we have. And I will be glad that you did that. Our community will be grateful for how you care for you. And if I were a betting person, I'm not, but if I were, I would bet you'll be glad too, even if the first step isn't easy. Now we know that emotional and physical, these are two of the three ways that we care for ourselves. The third, of course, is part of why we're here. We need to tend also to our spirits. We need to take care of ourselves, just like in the other ways. We know that for some of us, spiritual care is the easiest of the three, and for others, it is absolutely the hardest, and we struggle or have questions. There is neither pride nor shame in this, by the way. All of us are built a little differently. None of these one or three is meant to be easy all the time. All of them are important. And because they're all important, they all hold a great weight for us, don't they? Well, at the same time, I would argue that they have a great capacity and ability to impact the others and to really help us to lighten our proverbial loads when we care for ourselves. I imagine that we've all had to carry a spiritual burden at one point or another in our lives. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've carried it and don't even yet realize it. When we worry about things we can't control, for example, we are harming our spiritual selves when we forget to remember this great truth that we live into and believe. And that is that God has always been the one in control anyway, not us. And so when we let the pressures or the guilt or the unkind words of the world around us tear us down or burden us with pain or guilt or fear, we forget who and whose we are because first and foremost, we are God's beloved. When we do not invest in God's word that shows us the way of the light of the world, Jesus himself, and how he lives within us and around us, we forget things like how we don't have to live life alone. And we are called to love and care for our neighbors as ourselves. Do you hear that last part? How are we asking questions, living into our doubts, caring for ourselves so we can care for people around us? My guess is that while these broad categories of how we care for ourselves can go over a number of literal and figurative burdens that we carry, the things I've named only start to scratch the surface of what you carry with you today. Things that maybe you've never told anyone or that you're working hard to forget. Maybe you have things that everyone knows and you wish that you could let go or forgive as easily as the people around you seem to think that you should. In the same ways as our lives are physically cluttered with stuff in our world, so too have our spiritual lives become cluttered with baggage and burdens as we worry or are anxious or are unsure. We are overwhelmed with uncertainties and guilt and pressure to do and be better. And if you feel that way today, may you know that you are not alone. I think most of us feel this way at one point or another, if not much of the time. But we don't talk about these things. And yet scripture tells us over and over again that there is another way 
that we can lighten our load and share these things together, letting go of some of the stuff that we carry with us. And when we do so, it promises us is to free ourselves for a joyful connection, a joyful connection with God and each other. So what does that look like to live into that invitation? Well, in the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter, Jesus says a few things about that. I'm going to read what Jesus says to us from Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 29, when Jesus says, Do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This passage started with these words you see on the screen from Jesus, in which he tells us, do not keep worrying. Like many things in life, especially the ones that have to do with self-care or lightening your loads in our life, it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Worry is a natural part of having people and situations and circumstances in our lives that we love and care about. It's so much easier said than done, especially if it's something as important, for example, as the example that Jesus gives there, like food. For those who are worried not just about what your next meal is going to be, but where your next meal is going to come from, well, we certainly don't want to dismiss those kinds of real concerns in life that I know many of us have. And so without trying to oversimplify or dismiss the reality of these needs, Jesus goes on there to assure us that we shouldn't worry about this because God knows what we need and will care for us. In fact, Jesus tells us in the next verse about how the people of the world strive after all these things, and so we should not. Well, these examples that Jesus gives are not as explicit as what we're eating and drinking. I imagine that we all have examples of this from our lives, of things that the world tells us that we should strive for or that perhaps have become so embedded within us that we can't imagine another way. I'm talking about things like how much pressure we put on ourselves to be our best, to do our best, to produce the best. The pressures of the world to succeed and produce and be excellent at all times, it can be so hard, can it? Especially if you're like me, borrowing this phrase, I heard someone else describe themselves recently, and I really relate to this, as someone who is a perfectionist in recovery. In recovery, because I know that it's not healthy or good, but I'm not recovered yet. And the truth is, I'm working at it, but I'm pretty sure that because of the very thing I'm working at, I'll never stop working at it, right? Now, we know that God doesn't want that for us. We know that God doesn't want us to live with unrealistic expectations 
God knows that, or we know that God doesn't want us to be perfect. Jesus alone is perfect. And yet here we are striving for exactly that. God doesn't have unrealistic expectations of things that we should do or produce or be or own. God doesn't want our time and our energies to be focused on more uh, more on our work, for example, than our families, let alone more on anything of this world than on our relationship with God itself. And yet, here we are, right? Most of us, I imagine, are so busy living into a world of shoulds and expectations that we are weighed down with the burden of expectations, either from ourselves or as perceived by the world around us. And while working and seeking to do good in the world, these are clearly incredible qualities and important gifts to live into. And like anything, too much of a good thing stops being good, especially if it becomes all-consuming. And so I wonder how Are you working in this season where we are inviting you to slow down? How are you working to create space to let go of some of those things that consume us or make us too busy? What are we doing to lighten up our loads as we make more time to connect with God who grounds and sustains us? There are a lot of ways we can do this, but only you and God know what the best way for you to do it might be. And now, of course, if you want God to tell you, you could always look for literal answers in Scripture. Most of us don't like those answers, if we're honest, though, right? Like the answer that he gives in this passage when Jesus tells us to literally sell everything and instead focus only on your relationship on faith and with God. Now, if you want to do that, I definitely want to have a conversation with you about what that looks like. But I imagine most of us aren't there today. And so we have other things here, though, that I think God intends for us to hear as well. Things like how, yes, we are absolutely called to live generously, and we are called to live light. To know that while I believe that God wants you to have food on the table and a shelter over your head and clothes to keep you warm, God does not want you only focusing on this stuff or how we can earn more, but instead to also put energies into how we tend to our spirits, to tend to things that no one can ever take from you, things like your faith or your relationship and your trust in God. I wonder what you are investing in. The places that we put our trust, our energy, our time, our resources, these are the things that we treasure the most. Jesus says here in this scripture, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are you investing in as your greatest treasures? Are we investing in the things of this world? Or of the unfailing treasures of heaven? that can bring us peace or comfort, hope, and a deeper relationship with our Savior. Those are the gifts that Scripture names can never be taken from us. Those are the things that are not of this world and that are of the greatest value and that they are not only immeasurable, 
but you can never, as it says, have a thief steal them from you, for they will be with you always. What are you investing in? Today I want to invite you to reconsider what and how you are investing, to reconsider our greatest treasures and to let them be for you the things that are light to carry, to let your treasures be the things that we can find in God and the very things that cannot be taken from you, things like God's good gifts or the freedom and space to take that deep breath and to give thanks for opportunities to gather, to serve, and to care for one another. Might we invest in these things that bring us life, the things that free us from worry and that help center us on the very one who gives us life and who gives us all that we need. As we focus on these things, might we embrace the ways that they help us clear out the clutter of our lives, the physical and emotional and spiritual clutter, as we discover that actually we have more when we focus on less. And so as we seek to shift that kind of focus, might you release some of that striving in favor of relishing, Might you find true treasure that lives so deeply within you that you can't help but to share it with wild abandon? And as you do so, might you become reacquainted each day with our unhurried God who is calling you to dive deeply into God's abundant love. Let's pray together. generous, and unhurried God. We are grateful for this reminder and this invitation that we can turn over all of our worries and concerns unto you. For you, our rock and our redeemer, are with us always and everywhere in all that comes our way. Help us to focus on these treasures that you offer to us that cannot be measured, on the things not of this world, but that reflect your light and love to the world. Help us, O God, to embrace this gift, to lighten our loads, and to dive deeply into your love this and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.